Jesus is alive and he's worthy to be praised. That is the blood is still the blood by Maverick City. As we worship on this resurrection Sunday, we celebrate the victory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, rising from the grave, defeating death. Thank you for joining us this morning, this Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for joining us through Facebook, YouTube, or through our website. Uh, we ask you to continue to like, join, follow, subscribe uh, to how you are following with us and share this with others. Uh, how fitting it is that also that this is First Sunday. And so we will also break bread and drink together in remembrance of our Lord and Savior's death, burial, and resurrection. And we will continue to do so until it's coming back again. So I have to prepare to worship our God uh, through the preaching and teaching of his word. Let us prepare our hearts uh, to receive a word from our Lord today. Join with me in prayer. Mighty God, we are grateful for how great is your love towards us. That you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. That we might know the redemption of life and eternal life by the work of Jesus on the cross. We thank you, Lord, for the tomb is empty. Because you are alive. We thank you, Lord, that sin has no longer a sting. Death has no victory. For in Christ, we have victory and redemption because of your resurrection. Enlighten us, almighty God, through the preaching and teaching of your word. Draw us closer into your presence that we might see Jesus and that we might have your word. Hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen. As we continue to satisfy our journey to Jerusalem, Jesus is teaching and leading and healing to accomplish his goal. We are we've been reflecting on how he was coming to Jerusalem for his rejection, but our redemption, his demise, but our deliverance. And so now we come to the whole success of his journey, the purpose of his journey, and the satisfaction of his goal. When we began, remember, they told him not to come to Jerusalem, for they wanted to kill him. But yet he reminded them that I will go today and tomorrow and the next, healing and rebuking demons. But on the third day, I will accomplish my goal. We are celebrating the third day and accomplishment of his goal. As we continue on, as we've been looking into Luke, 
the gospel documenting Jesus' journey into Jerusalem. Join me now in the 24th chapter of this gospel of Luke, as we will be looking at verses 1 through 12 to be read as we address the resurrection and the victory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. New Living Translation reads this way. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. And the son of man must be betrayed in the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered. That he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. I wanted to talk about the subject matter from death to life, from empty to full, how Jesus can change our situation. Change is possible. In whatever you're facing in your life, I want you to have the confidence and the faith to believe that change is possible. What can happen for man might be impossible for man to do it alone. But with God, all things are possible. Since we know our God is good, I want you to be encouraged to know that change can happen for your good. Allowing God's movement in your life will give him room to replace the broken things in your life and give you Things that will make you whole with things that have better value, eternal value, lasting value in your life. Knowing again that our God is good and he works out all things good for those who love him called according to his purpose. And our God is perfect in all his ways. He doesn't make any false, wrong decision. He does not break a promise. And so we can be confident in knowing that if God says it, it's going to be done. And so when we compare our life choices to God's choices, we're going to find out that God is right 100% of the time. And so may we trust him and follow him and depend on him in comparison to our own choices and our own decisions and trust God to fix it what we have been broken in. One thing is always true. God is good. This confidence in our good God should cause us to turn to our God in the most trying of times with confidence 
Or in other words, faith that God can change darkness into light. This confidence that God can replace the bad with the good comes from the evidence of the empty tomb. The same God who rose Jesus from the dead is able to speak life when we are facing death. God can take what is empty and fill you with joy and awe. Because of who he is, the change in your life can happen if you place your faith in God and consequently live in obedience in the word of God. From going on empty tomb to be filled with awe is what happened to this woman. As we look at this text on this Easter Resurrection Sunday, we will observe two subjects that are empty here in this text. As we observe these subjects, I would like you to also reflect on how they, they, uh, some, how they became filled by what is empty. The first subject are the women who are empty because hope is gone. The, sec- the second subject we'll be addressing is the empty tomb. The women had to identify the location of the tomb, as we see in Luke 24, verse 55, tells us how they followed the sea where Jesus' body was placed. The tomb is vacant because Jesus is not dead, but of lie. And our last subject, we're going to talk about uh, what has been empty is Jesus. But let us first look at the tomb and the women, going from empty to being filled with awe. It says that early that Sunday morning, they went to the tomb. Uh, They went there expecting to see a dead body. Uh, They went there expecting to anoint and prepare a body for burial. But yet we find out when they get there, the stone is rolled back. What we're finding out here is that what they expected to see is not what they're seeing. They are going on Sunday morning for a reason, because they couldn't go uh, Friday evening, uh, because the Friday evening is the end of the day in the Jewish calendar, which began the Sabbath. So Jesus was up on the cross from, uh, from in the morning to noon and passed away, going on into the evening that the sun is set and now the new day has dawned and they cannot go and take care of his body because it is the Sabbath. So Friday he dies, Saturday he lays and rests in the tomb. The women are the are going to, to see him and take care of him on the Sabbath because Jesus was crucified on Friday. I'm going to reiterate that because it talks about on the third day he accomplished his goal. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the third day, the beginning of the week, the first day of the week, the day that we celebrate our resurrection Sunday, because on the first day is the day that Jesus rose up from the grave. It's also the day why we choose to worship and adorn our God and remember the victory and the redemption we have because his work on the cross. Jesus laid in the tomb all day Saturday, then early that third day morning, he rises from the grave. Before the women get there, thinking they were early enough to get there to take care of him, the women came to repair, to anoint the body for burial, because, again, they could not do it because of the lateness of the day. So Friday evening is that start of the new day, the Sabbath, the day of rest. Interesting about how Jesus was being chastised because he was healing on the Sabbath day. 
He was able to heal a man suffering from the illness and having dropsy. And he, they got upset about that. And Jesus points out, which one of you would not save your son, your beast, if they fell into the well on the Sabbath? They had no answer back to him. Now we see the work of our God again happening on the Sabbath. And that on the Sabbath day, he rested because he took our pain. He took our stripes. He took our place on the cross. Verses 56 of the 23rd Luke reiterates and says they went home and prepared spices and ointments to anoint his body. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun. So they rested as required by the law. Again, Luke is pointing out how we ought to be obedient to God's word. Jesus did not abolish the law, but fulfill the law. And so how we need to have God's word hidden in our heart as we seek after Jesus to know him and to follow after him. And so the women, therefore, rested as well in anticipation that they will see a dead body on Sunday, the first day of the week. They were headed to see death laying in the tomb, but they found an empty tomb and two angels questioned them why they were there. They said to them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Oh, that's such a good question. But also to the women, it was a confounding question. The question is great because the graveyards are filled with death. This is not the first place one may go looking to find a person who is alive. I don't know about you, but if someone asks you, where can I find somebody? And they say they're in the graveyard. And you could tell them that I didn't see any living people there. They're going to let you know, right, because they're not alive. That's where you can find their body in the graveyard. Graveyard is a place of death, a place of dreams dashed and hopes destroyed. And here it is. They have their dreams dashed and their hope is destroyed. And they're going there now to mourn and grieve and prepare this body for its rest. But yet it's confounding as they're asking them, you're looking for Jesus, but you're looking in the wrong place. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Now, for the women... For us on the outside looking in, right, we can see how foolish it is for them to go to go to this tomb. But remember, they saw him taken down from the cross. They followed at a distance to see where the rich man, Joseph Arimathea, buried his body in a borrowed man's tomb. And so what they did know is that they saw him die on the cross. What they do know, they saw him being laid to rest. In a tomb, but what they do not know that now he is not dead, he is alive. He was dead and buried, but now he's alive and not in the tomb, and the tomb is now empty, and now, but they came there empty, they're filled with awe. I want to encourage us as we look at this moment of the text that how we too should be encouraged to look for where life can be found. Life is not found among the death. This world is full of death and, and sin is taking control. But we cannot look to the world to give us life and provide lasting satisfaction. Only what God has for us will last. So we therefore must seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other 
things will follow. I want to help us to understand that God will provide for us what we need. Oftentimes, we want things that we don't need. We just want them because it'll make us feel good. It'll, it'll give us some sense of a momentary gratification. But these things are all perishable. They will all pass away. They're not lasting. They're, they're not true investments. But yet you seek after investing into the kingdom. Hallelujah. You will see eternal fruit. Uh, Jesus says that if you abide in me and I will abide in you, I will give you lasting fruit. You'll see increase in fruit, abundance in fruit. And so here it is that when you're seeking after Jesus, it will help highlight the things that are most important in your life. If you need help to know what is important, I encourage you to seek after Jesus. Jesus will help you put your priorities in order. What you'll realize is what really matters is not luxury, but the simplicity of following Jesus. And following Jesus and being his disciple will help you to let go of the things that are weighing you down, holding you down, hindering you from reaching your goals, success, and peace in your life because you will remove sin, you'll remove death, you'll reject those things that will hinder you and kill you and hurt you, and you'll be overly blessed by the peace and the grace of our God. Picking up your cross, as Christ calls us to be his disciples, will force us to face our own mortality. You having to face the evidence of your own mortality, that your life too shall pass, can help you with sober judgment, choose what truly matters. I, I guarantee that when we have to make life or death situations, it's easier for us to choose to say, I desire life. When I know that if a life or death situation, what really matters is what's going to happen in my life. So if I have to let go of some things that, that are killing me, that are hindering me, and I want to live, then I'm going to live. If you got a, a nut allergy, I, I, I think you might take a chance to say, I will make sure I remove nuts from this area. If I'm allergic to a lot of perfume, maybe I won't have perfume and dyes and the detergents and the soaps that I buy because it's going to cause harm upon my body. Maybe I'm allergic to other things that I will remove some of them so I will stop sneezing, stop coughing, stop getting sick so my body can get healthy. Maybe I'm allergic to certain foods so I got to ask, right, is it free of this to make sure that it does not cause me to have a allergic reaction that will hospitalize me or maybe kill me. I, I, I might trust out these different foods and uh, my allergies. That's why restaurants have signs up to say maybe you might want to ask how, how the food is prepared to make sure because of your food allergy that you don't get injured or you, you do not get hurt. We need to be aware that there's some things in our lives that we want to get because it makes us feel good, but they might be more harmful to us and then beneficial to us. But yet if we seek after Jesus, he is all good, always good, 100 percent. He is on top of it, baby, that if you trust him, he will help you to see that life and simplicity, removing of luxuries and all of the glitter and all of the gold. But if we just have Jesus, we'll find he's better than silver and gold. In Christ, we find life because where Jesus is, there is life because he is life. He is the light of the world that gives life to all men. That's why it's evident when we hear that saying, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die because how precious our life is. 
uh, that we want success, but we're not willing to give up some things that might hinder us and what we truly enjoy. We enjoy living. But yet you can't live in this world and have peace without Jesus. They were looking for the living among the dead. We, too, must not be looking in this dead world to find life. We can't find hope and peace in what is dead, but we can find it in Jesus. We can find it in him because he is resurrected. He is alive. He is interceding on our behalf. We must remind ourselves that he died for our sin. We must remind ourselves that sin only gives birth to death. Sin comes from our own evil desires. So therefore, we need to have a change of heart. We need to be replacing what's wicked with what is good. We need to turn from from the wickedness path and turn to the path of righteousness. Tell your neighbor, we need a change. We need to correct our direction, our priorities, and point them towards Jesus. We need a course correction. We've been headed down the wrong course for a long time, but because Jesus, hallelujah, he became that sign to let us know I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets the Father but through me. That was our perfect sign, our perfect offering that we need to get off this road of self-indulgence, of 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 evil and all the things that satisfy our flesh and, and say, Lord, here I come seeking after you. Take everything that is not like you and make me more like you make me over, Almighty God. Change me over. And so when we're allowing God to move in our hearts, to move in our lives, we are able to see how he is able to change us and transform us because of his power. And so are you searching for life where life can be found? Because Jesus is life. We must seek the kingdom of God and there we will find life. We'll find life in the one who gives life and is alive. That's why they go on to say to him, he isn't there. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. The son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And that he would rise again on the third day. See, faith in Jesus leads us to obedience to his will. Uh, confidence in the Lord is reflected in his words. Within God's words are his promises. And God will complete all he says he will do because he is powerful and able to do what he says and complete what he says. The same authority that rests in God the Father is also in God the Son, who willingly submitted his life to die on the cross for our redemption. So let us remember the great sacrifice of Jesus to be rejected for our redemption. The angels are calling them to remember the words of Jesus. Remember the son of man must be betrayed in the hands of sinful man. He was rejected for our redemption. He was demised for our deliverance. Luke 23, 21, 25, you go through and look at it, right? They yell, crucify him, crucify him even louder. They went from St. Hosanna in the highest, blessed he who comes in the name of the world on an entry uh, Palm Sunday to now at the end of the week, they say crucify him. Even as 
They were looking to release him and not because they knew he was innocent of the charges. So Pilate sent us. So Pilate was trying to say, hey, uh, would you allow uh, choose who you want to have, Barabbas or Jesus? And they said, release Barabbas, a known insurrectionist, a known murderer. Release him and send Jesus to the cross. How symbolic is this again that he took our place? Jesus knew of his own death and willing to face his own death, being innocent, being condemned. While the criminals being released, an innocent, innocent man took his place. Jesus willfully submitted so he could take our place, that he would go to the cross, that he would be rejected for our redemption. He rode into Jerusalem knowing that they will praise him and bless him to later be condemned to crucifixion. The son of man must be crucified. Jesus told his disciples on other occasions the purpose of this public death by crucifixion. He alludes to it also in the gospel according to John. He talks to Nicodemus. We know John 3.16, but also John 3.14 says, As Moses lifted a bronze snake up on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Why the crucifixion? Why such a horrific way of death? Why such a scandalous way of death? Why such a powerful purpose of Roman Empire to show submission and authority and terror uh, to its citizens for obedience? Well, Jesus had to die on the tree for our sake. Jesus bore our shame for our salvation. The word crucifixion was not a common term mentioned in Jesus' time. They would not mention it in polite company. The death by the cross was the worst way to die. It was a method that was used as a method to remind the people to obey Roman law. And they often would leave the bodies up on a cross as a reminder that you are subjected to Roman rule, a place of terror. The necessity of Jesus' death to be public is also to validate the witness. The public death of Jesus being crucified is, to, is a, also a talking point for Paul when he's witnessing to before Festus and King Agrippa in Acts. In Acts 23 and 26, he points out the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead and in this way announce God's light to the Jews and Gentiles alike. Suddenly, Festus shouted, Paul, you are insane. Too much study has made you crazy. But Paul replied, I am not insane, most excellent Festus. What I'm saying is the sober truth. And the king Agrippa knows these things. I speak boldly, for I am sure these events are still familiar to him, for they were not done in a corner. Jesus' public, notorious death, the scandal of the cross, was for the glory of the Lord and our redemption. The women come to an empty tomb, but now are full of hope because Jesus is alive and resolve his death on the cross, defeating the shameful death. Jesus died as a criminal with criminals, but Jesus being innocent was condemned as guilty criminal to bear the shame of our punishment and the, under the power and the force of the Roman Empire. This is the worst way to die, and the Roman government loves using this as terror and purpose and peace. But yet, Jesus still willingly bore our shame, our guilt, that we might know salvation. By calling on his name. Thank you for Jesus for taking our place. For you becoming cursed. So that we might be blessed. It's a curse to die on the tree. 
Galatians 3.13 says, But Christ was rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross. He took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. The cross would serve as a constant reminder of Romans' rule by leaving the bodies on the cross and open for the birds and the beasts to feed on the corpse. This was also most importantly reinforced in times of war. But the Roman Empire was not in war. And so therefore it allowed the respected traditions of its people to be recognized. And the Jews could not allow the body to hang up there. So he allowed Joseph Aramath to take Jesus' body down. And so Joseph was a good righteous man and a member of the Jewish high council. And he goes and asks Pilate and Pilate allows his body to be buried. Therefore, the women are able to follow him and see where the tomb is laid. Jesus accomplished his goal. He knew he was going to be betrayed. He knew he was going to be crucified. But he knew on the third day he would reach his goal. Our God finishes what he starts. God knew of our emptiness in our lives. He knew that only he could feel what we were missing. Therefore, God sent his only begotten son to walk in human flesh, to die a horrific death, that we might have peace with him. Because the tomb is empty, we are full with joy. The empty tomb is proof that God can change what we face. Mary and the other women faced death at the feet on Friday. Now, Sunday morning, they are faced with life, hope, and amazement. They are reminded of the promise of the Lord. They can rest on his words as they remind the angels, remind them, remember what he says. Can you remember what God has said? Can you remember the promises of the Lord? Can you remember that he will never leave you nor forsake you? Can you remember that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved? Can you remember that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse you and forgive you of all unrighteousness? We do not need to be empty, but be filled with the love of the Lord. Do not look to be filled by this world, for it will only leave you in wanting. But God is able to satisfy your needs because he is all we need. Will you try Jesus today? You do not need to stay in this condition. You are in the you are able to right now call unto God who can change your situation. God is speaking. Are you listening? Are you responding to his call? His grace. His mercy. Are you following after his word? Let the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Let the word of the Lord revive your soul and fill you with his promise and his peace and his love so that you can walk in confidence in the deliverance and the redemption and forgiveness that we have through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because we confess Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. We confess our sins before him who died on the cross for our sins. And we place our faith, our confidence in the one who defeated death and rose on the third day. We call on the Lord who is exalted and seated at the right hand of his majesty and power. We listen to the word of God to move in our lives. Allow his word to move in your heart and to expose what is dead in your life. That you might remove those things and enter yourself out so that God can replace death with life. That he can remove despair and give you hope. He can take lack of peace and give you joy and peace and happiness. 
You do not have to be empty. You don't have to walk around feeling depressed, but know that he can turn your mourning into gladness and turn your sadness into dancing. He can be good because you taste and see that the Lord is good. And lastly, I want to talk about how Jesus took our place. We talked about the tomb was empty because he is alive. We talked about how the women were empty but now are filled with hope because the tomb is empty. So how what was empty, it made them have hope and peace. But now I'm going to talk about how Jesus was empty so that we might be filled. Philippians 2, 5 and 11 says, Have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Surrender today and see God replace your emptiness. Place your faith in God to change your death into life. Because you have placed your faith in the Son of God exalted and glorified and alive, you will know peace because God can change your situation. Let us bow now and forever in his presence, knowing him as our resurrected Lord and Savior. Let us pray. Mighty God, we thank you, O Lord, for you blessing us and keeping us. Guide us, Almighty God, as we are desperate to Allow you to change us, transform us, and renew us. Thank you, Almighty God, that you took our place, that you redeemed us, you saved us. Thank you, Lord, that on the third day, you rose from the grave. And on this first day morning, we remember and celebrate the victory you have in you. Forgive us, O God, for times we seek after things that are dead, things that are empty, things that are only death. But, Father, help us to be renewed and transformed by your spirit. Change us from the inside out as we desire to seek after what is like, what is good, what is pleasing in your eyesight. In Jesus' good name, Lord, we pray. Amen. As we continue on in worship on this first Sunday, give you time to prepare yourself as we prepare to break bread together and to eat of this bread and drink of this cup. On the night of his betrayal, Jesus took up the bread 
He blessed it. He broke it. And he gave it to them. Let us pray. Mighty God, we receive this body that was beaten and slain for us. But we eat in remembrance of you. Amen. Let us eat together. Likewise, he took up the cup and he blessed the cup and said, this is my sins. This represents my blood to pour out for the missing sins. Drink ye all of it. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that was poured for the remissions of sins. And we thank you for our redemption and our forgiveness. And so though we drink in remembrance of you. Amen. Let us drink together. The Bible says as often as we eat and drink, we do so in remembrance of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we do so until it's coming back again. And so we thank God that he showed us his victory and defeat in death. And may we continue to walk in fellowship and obedience as citizens of heaven until it's coming back again. God bless you on this Resurrection Sunday. Thank you so much for joining us. Look forward to worshiping with you again. God bless you and keep you until we meet again. Jesus loves you, and so do I.